can't think for himself. She's right. Do you guys know what, uh, what I did to get in here? <laughs> that was you? And the bizarre thing is that I did it for my old man. I tortured this poor kid because I wanted him to think that I was cool. He's always going off about, you know, when he was in school, all the wild things he used to do. And I got the feeling that he was disappointed that I never cut loose on anyone, right? Okay, that's that's from the Breakfast Club. And, you know, parents usually have the opposite problem. They, they'll tell kids, oh, you wouldn't believe the awards I got, or I, I excelled in school, or I got A's in school. And the kids feel a lot of pressure to meet up to their parents' expectation. And, of course, it's never good enough. But what if you set the standards in reverse? What if you set the standards to be um, failure? You know, I was a wild and cool kid. Translation, I was a bad kid who was in detention a lot. I got in trouble. I robbed. I stealed. I, you know, did some shoplifting. I picked fights. And I picked on on vulnerable kids. And you're, you're just not, you're just such a wimp. You don't do anything. If you set the standards in reverse and your kids want your approval, then like this kid in the breakfast club, he's now in detention because he tortured a kid. He finally wanted dad's approval, so he had to. It was like getting into a fraternity. He had to torture a kid. You don't ever want to do that to your kids. And if you're the kid in that state, that situation, you definitely want to be able to think for yourself. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show that my husband and I were lying in bed or sitting in bed last night reading. And... He was reading about Victoria's, he was reading Victoria's Secret catalogs, and I was reading a police training manual, a magazine, on how to deal with the ambush moment, the moment of shock and surprise when someone comes at you. And interestingly, this article in the magazine is called uh, Trainer. The, the article talks about how there's one rule that that you can learn a lot of mar- martial arts and defensive tactics, but they typically fail. 50% of the time they fail um, if you're caught off guard. So it's good to have 50% is still good to have your uh, martial arts and defensive tactic- tactics in gear. But many times what they say is that physiology rules. In the moment of shock and surprise, it bypasses all of your cognitive knowledge and it goes right to what's hardwired in you, those defense tactics. And so one person, or not one person, but in this magazine, they're talking about how how you can take advantage of what's called the flinch response. You know, when someone set, comes at you quickly and you don't expect it, you throw up your hands. I'm doing it right now. Of course, you can't see it. But you throw up your hands and you splay your hands and you usually bring them up towards your face to protect your face. We don't do it thinking, oh, I've got to protect my face and I've got to push away someone who's coming at me. And we even have this oblique movement with the flinch response kind of to ward off anything that's in our peripheral vision. Well, what they're doing in with survival tactics is trying to figure out how to use that natural tendency that we all have and to hone it into a really sharp means of protecting yourself. You can also learn the martial arts too. I could go on more about this, but I just thought it was interesting that they're using the physiology to help us sharpen that, to protect ourselves rather than just rely solely on some cognitive skills that we automatize, but that may not be there in that real important moment that we when we need to save our lives. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and you're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. 
And I mentioned about a nine-year-old girl. See what you think about this situation. You probably, if you have kids and you've been driving in the car with kids, you know what havoc they can wreck uh, at times. Dear Dr. Kenner, my nine-year-old daughter Brianna is displaying some disturbing behavior. During her birthday party this year, she decided that we were not making a big enough deal for her, and she decided to run away. She stormed out the door. I gave her 10 minutes to cool off. So obviously, as the parent, the mom in this case, you're not thinking that she's going to do anything drastic. And then we went to look for her. An hour later, can you imagine these parents, an hour later, looking for their kids who ran away from her own birthday party. An hour later, she was lying at the side of the road on the pavement, and it was dark outside. So... She's really putting herself in a risky situation. Since then, she has declared several times that she wishes she was dead. She has become violent with me, hitting, kicking, and shouting that she can beat me up. I'm about twice her size. Okay, I want to pause there because we haven't even gotten to the car ride yet. Whenever I hear that a kid is getting violent and doing a lot of outrageous things, especially self-injury or some suicidal behavior or some real hostile behavior, because I worked with highly abused children, I think of physical abuse, I think of sexual abuse. So this may be a cry for help from her. It may not be that she's just a bratty kid, but you need to understand the cause. Many times sexual abuse happens with close family members or a babysitter, so it may not be the case here. However, it definitely is a rule out, um, especially if she went from being a darling little girl as a child and then suddenly became violent uh, and, and self-injurious. Here's continuing with her letter, that, or her question. The latest and most disturbing thing happened a few weeks ago. My husband was driving her home from dancing lessons, and she began arguing with her seven-year-old brother, Jimmy. He teased her, and she shouted for Dad to make him stop. Dad was driving and ignored her demand. She then declared that she was going to throw herself out of the car, and she proceeded to remove her seatbelt. She opened the sliding door of the minivan about to leave. Dad had to stop driving, obviously, reclosed the door with a safety lock on. I don't know what to do about Brianna. She seems to get triggered when she doesn't get her way. I'm afraid that making a big deal about this, as much as, as it warrants, uh, may be just what she wants out of it, the attention. I should add that she's also been extremely jealous of her brother. Sincerely, Melanie. Melanie, I would go out right now and get the book Siblings Without Rivalry. Because as a parent, you may inadvertently be contributing to her escalating behavior. And it, it can be a family pattern that's set up. For example, if you keep telling her, why can't you be more like your brother? Then in that moment, she's thinking, I hate my brother. And he becomes the enemy. So comparisons like that is something parents frequently do. I'm not saying that you do that, but if you do, that's a major problem. If you don't hold her accountable for her bad behavior and give her the skills, remember that kids come to us uncivilized and we have to give them the instruction manual or we have to civilize them for life. So you need to be able to say when you get real angry, Tell it to me in words or write me a note. Kid hitting and kicking are not are, are, are inexcusable. We don't hit and kick in this family. I expect that to stop. You are going to be put in your room now or I'm going in the other room. I'm going away from you. I expect an apology. You can set stern standards, firm boundaries without being 
aggressive yourself. If you hit back, if you punch back, if you threaten, all of those will backfire in your face. So you want to learn great parenting skills. And I can tell you that my having um, having read the works of Adele Faber and Elaine Maslish, Siblings Without Rivalry, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk, made me into a much better parent than I ever would have been if I went on autopilot. So again, rule out abuse. Um, she does look like she needs some visibility. So if you sit down and listen to her when she's in a good mood, not when she's in a bad mood, but listen to what bothered her about her birthday. Did everyone ignore her? Did they just blow out candles on a cake? And then they talked about Uncle Joe's new cigar store and she felt invisible. Did you promise her a bike, but she got an easy bake oven and she didn't want that and she just feels like she's not cared for? Is she not your favorite child? Do you project onto her the feelings you had towards a sibling? So again, you want to take a look at all the family dynamics, so it'd be great if you could get some family therapy together. You want to help her learn less volatile coping strategies, some some really good coping strategies, and train her in those. And you want to learn some parenting skills for yourself that will really help you out. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and you're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. I want to add one more thing to that. With my kids, I read them stories of heroes, how heroes... Um, dealt with bullies and that may help too I have a list here of people that I I read the stories of young Americans Um, there's a whole series Abe Lincoln, George Washington, George Westinghouse George Gershwin, we've got a lot of Georges here Uh, Ben Franklin, Christopher Columbus Charles Darwin, Alexander Graham Bell my kids could see how these heroes acted with acted um, in the face of uh, a lot of uh, difficulties, not getting their own way, and they're much better role models, and of course you want to be a good role model too. I am going to need to leave clutter till next week and indigo children till next week, and right after the break we're going to talk about romance. How can you have a real sexy romantic life? So if you've got young kids in the room, you may want to have them go into another room. Uh, How to make your intimacy more realistic and better for yourself. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke. We've all had the experience of seeing people dressed in dumpy clothes with unattractive hairstyles. We may think, if only they made the most of their appearance, how nice they could look. If you've been to a high school reunion and seen what some formerly attractive classmates let happen to their looks, you may have recoiled in shock thinking, I can't believe they let themselves go like that. Try an experiment. Take a careful look at yourself in a mirror. If your ideal romantic partner were to meet you now, what would be his or her first impression? What would your posture, clothes, and grooming reveal about you? What sort of person would you like to attract? What changes in your appearance would make this more likely? You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at amazon.com. 